We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's... Welcome to a small booth somewhere in Ultimo for a special best of edition of Thank God It's Friday with some of the top moments of 2018. I'm Richard Glover and with the music it's the cast of the Wharf Review and our extended best of panel. Colin Buchanan, Rebecca De Unamuno, Tommy Dean, Mandy Nolan, Gary Eck, Greta Lee Jackson, Wendy Harmer, Tom Gleeson and Tahir with cameo appearances by the great Irish singer Mary Coughlin and her guitarist the legendary Jimmy Smith. But before all that, it's a news from nowhere from October 19, a few days after Senator Pauline Hanson had introduced her parliamentary motion explaining that it was okay to be white. This week, Senator Pauline Hanson put her parliamentary motion, it's okay to be white. She even, for a time, had the support of the 23 coalition members in the Senate. It was a moment that allowed we white people to express our bewildered pain, a moment to contemplate all that we've been through. Many of us sat and wept. At long last, we'd been given a voice. As Senator Hanson talked about the long history of white oppression, fragments of memory crowded in. There was the way my boater used to cut into my forehead (laughs) on the way to private school. The way the neighbouring kids would pretend to be friendly, just say, just so they could use our backyard pool. (laughs) The dinner parties where my parents would force me to recite Banjo Patterson poems to their friends in the gap between entree and main course. (laughs) Oh, Pauline, thank you for letting my story be told. I hear you say, was it really that bad growing up white and privileged in Australia? Well, let me give you two words. Tuna Mornay. (laughs) We had to eat tuna mornay all the time. Not for us, the tasty multicultural meals eaten in other households, the aunties crowded around the stove, throwing in clumps of garlic, telling tales of the old country, the father decanting the red wine he'd made from the vines in the backyard, everyone laughing and joking before dancing around the backyard with arms around each other and bells on their shoes. Not at our place. For white folks, it was tuna mornay on a metal tray, eaten in front of the television, a clump of overcooked green beans, if you were lucky. (laughs) On Saturday night, it was incinerated lamb chops and Brussels sprouts that had been cooked for three days. (laughs) Still not sympathetic? Let me move on to breakfast. Breakfast was taken at the breakfast bar. It was consumed with 2GB radio playing at high volume in the background. Later... As a teenager, I had to help my father count and wrap the coins from our family business, a news agency. On many a night, my hands were black from counting the family money. (laughs) (laughs) To get them clean, I had to really scrub at them using one of those stiff little nail brushes. Sometimes I feared I might develop dermatitis from counting the family money. And the, the small coins were really hard to roll. It was tough for Dad as well. He had to lift the heavy bags of coins into his car, which was an expensive sports car, 
so it hardly ever worked. <laughs> On some occasions, Dad had to catch a taxi to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> Stories like this are part of the great silence, the white middle-class pain that is never spoken about, never acknowledged. Pauline, I realise, is speaking for all white people, both rich and poor, yet it was worse if you were both white and wealthy. In some middle-class households, right here on Sydney's North Shore, children as young as five were forced to eat Vogel's bread. <laughs> Not the slice stuff. This was the stuff strawn, sawn straight from the loaf. At school, it would be a slice of Devon served on Vogel, the poor little rich white kid sitting alone on his bench, wishing his school was sufficiently multicultural to provide an ethnic kid with whom he could swap lunches. A slice of lasagna. A couple of falafels. Really, we didn't ask for much. Most of the time, it was not to be. Later, we would go to university and sit in classes entirely populated with students from entirely similar backgrounds. We'd find ourselves taking up weird hobbies, smoking French cigarettes, <laughs> wearing a strange little hat, becoming a Stalinist, anything, just so we could differentiate ourselves from everyone else because they all look the same. It's the daily grind of being white that takes its toll. Just one Indigenous student, just one person from a Chinese background, and, and just maybe I wouldn't have had to smoke all those Galois cigarettes. <laughs> Later, after university, it would be employment, marriage and a family, all leading to a gnawing worry about the state of one's superannuation. Because wealthy white people live much longer than other Australians, sometimes the gap is more than a decade, we are forced to build up our superannuation to a level that can cope with this additional longevity. It's this sort of hidden burden that Senator Hansen's motion so neatly captured, as with so many instances of white oppression, at least we have a political system which understands our pain, which understands our struggle. It's not only Senator Hanson. The whole parliament has long realised there's a role for positive discrimination, rules designed to give a hand up to those who are doing it tough due to their longevity. In our case, the negative gearing laws, the capital gains discount, the franking credit system, the family trust laws and the salary sacrifice provisions within the Australian Superannuation Act. Look, I know you're looking weirdly at me, but if you didn't grow up white and rich, it's just hard for you to understand what we've been through. You may have to check your lack of privilege. <laughs> Pauline understands. The government, at least for a time, seemed to understand. And we thank them all for finally saying sorry. And that's the news from nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Let's check that our panel understands the news of 2018. In September, Colin Buchanan, Tommy Dean and Rebecca De Unamuno questioned whether our former PM could ever really leave the Liberal Party drama behind him. And now let us check. We are up with this week's news. Who in the Big Apple is still obsessed with his own bad apple? 
Oh, this is a this is this is Malcolm who or Turnbull for those people who've forgotten he was our prime minister <laughs> once. Uh, he's now in New York. He's having a well earned break mm. uh, uh, from being in Australia. Clearly not from politics because he's had a bit of a chat to the Liberal Party and he's uh, he's decided that uh, you know he thinks that Dutton should be referred to the High Court over you know the the ownership of his two mm-hmm. of the childcare centres. So he's sitting there in New York. Yeah. where he should be having having fun, a good time. Like and take he's, some he's time emailing. Off. And he's texting, I know, and he's he just can't let go. And, and it's just reminiscent of a for, another former prime minister. Remember, we've had a few. Another former prime minister who said, "No, there'll be nothing from me. This is it. I'm out. Drop mic." And then picked it up thirty seconds later and kept talking. But I thought, I, I think that seems fitting that that Peter Dutton owns childcare centres because when you think about it, his colleagues are acting like children at the moment, aren't they? And so he's th- also got access to a whole lot of au pairs. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> he only lets a few in. And uh, so, that, so you, know, you can just imagine them saying, you know, seriously, if you vote for me, I'll be your best friend. Seriously, if you vote for me, I will be your best friend. If you don't fight for me, I'll fight you on the Oval at three o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but Abbott did it, so why can't I? You know, you've got all these other kids' things like, I'm, I'm not listening, la, 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 that's all of them. Uh, Roman, why are you acting out? Well, Peter was my friend and now he won't talk to me anymore. <laughs> so it's pretty much, I think it's like it's fitting. It's education in politics. Yeah, exactly. How, how did it break? How did oh. How did the news break? How, the childcare centre thing. I'm just curious about how, yeah, who was reading the, no one reads the terms and conditions. Oh, obviously the citizenship <laughs> crisis proves that. Yeah. Um, so who found well, this? Well, it is a decon- very complicated matter because he's owned the childcare centre for a long time, but they changed the rules on childcare centres and now the government pays the childcare centre and they pa- pass the money on to the parents. So that changes yep. the High Court's possible ruling. Richard, did you know, I mean, I, I do read the terms and conditions. So, <laughs> so that, that, like, 44I mm-hmm. is the citizenship one. 44B mm-hmm. is the, uh, well, it, it says... No one who's had a direct or indirect pecuniary interest, which is, yeah, yeah, which is study of lichens, um, <laughs> in any agreement with the public service is disqualified. But then 44VII uh. excludes from sitting as a member of parliament anyone who's streamed the soundtrack or watched either of the Mamma Mia movies. That's what, <laughs> section XIX, 44XIX excludes anyone who's habitually watched. Watches videos without headphones in restaurants or trains. Yeah. They're out. They should be out. XIVVI excludes Volvo drivers. Yeah. Um, there goes X-X-I-V- the whole front row. XXIV. Half the listenership have turned off. XXIV added, that was added during the week. It's not true that all ABC listeners drive Volvo, some of them drive Mercedes. That's right. And also, I think. And XXVIII excludes anyone who can't read Roman numerals. So that's all factual, so wait for that to hear. Sorry, go on. Anyway. Tommy. I agree. I, no, I agree. Was there a slide? In, was there a slide in the well, park no, as well? You were making you were making a mockery of the Roman numeral system. Yeah. <laughs> so apologies, DVI. DVI. Okay, another question from this week's news: Whose behaviour ensured that they'd get a real grilling in front of the Banking Royal Commission? Hang on, did you did you just move on from the question? He moved on. Yeah, I moved he on. Totally moved and on. do we move on, or do we? Oh not no, move no, on? no! I thought Tommy had. It's finished. really on you. The reason we're, we're laughing is that normally, and I know this, this comes to shock, but one of the things that I, I realized in my study of the podcasts is that I occasionally come across as if I don't prepare. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, occasionally? This is just, occasionally. In the, just in the podcasts. 
<laughs> it's weird. I don't know why the podcast comes like on the radio. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. But, it's, it's all in the edit. But, in the, in the podcast. but on the radio, you can't hear yourself. But it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very cultured approach that I have, and, and I do it so well that people think yeah. that I don't. Mm. And I, you, know, you don't know how much preparation it takes mm. to be this unprepared. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the reason that we're laughing is because I have, we have prepared. Uh, wow. I have, this so, is the first. You, you, we, we've been doing this together. So this for is my answer. Years. Yeah, this you is my answer for the first time. This is my answer <laughs> to the question about Malcolm Turnbull. Oh, good. Okay. But I'm going to channel it through the power of musical parody. Yeah. Good. So Colin Buchanan is going to take all the credit for this. Yeah. But you've actually put in the work. We'll see how it goes. He did, he, did, he did. No, he put in the work about five minutes before we started. I saw I've been it. thinking oh, about sorry. this for a year. Oh. You, you are a, you are a snitch. Finalizing it. I had it written in Roman numerals. Sir, sir. Well, I find myself in Manhattan. Another tweet occurs to me. Send him to the high court, Peter D. And in my hour of darkness, section 44 is clear to me. The best part. Dutton is not fit for parliamentary. Chorus, it's on the other piece of paper. It's on the other piece of paper. Malcolm T says Peter D is not fit for parliamentary. He tweeted from Manhattan with his money. Where's it verse? Oh, this is a new verse. I haven't seen this one. And while we're... He writes in capitals, by the way, everyone. And like all good people do. here, I'll also mention something that you really need to see. Dutton is an asshole. <laughs> Love, Malcolm T. <laughs> Chorus, everyone, come on. Oh, it's finished. <laughs> <laughs> You see how good it is when you do your homework. So good. Do you, do so you good. feel better now? I feel much better now. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's good. There was also, there's a whole section in the middle about the, the Wentworth by-election. <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll just let that be. Yeah. It was a very technical analysis based very on technical Andy analysis. Green and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah. And then uh, we, we also got his wife's name in there because it rhymes too because her name is Lucy. Mm, so was, we got that in there. Wentworth voting in the dead of night. <laughs> <laughs> Take these broken wings and learn to fly. Oh, Lucy in the sky. What about, what about, what about Lucy, Lucy in the sky with dots? <laughs> the point is, I think the Beatles have written an entire catalogue of purely paratable music. <laughs> I, I think that line is, you are always waiting for a woman to arrive. Yeah. Ah. In October, Mandy Nolan, Gary Eck and Colin Buchanan weighed in on the royal visit and try to determine exactly what constitutes as overstaying your welcome. Which house guest may have trouble staying much beyond manana? Which house guest? <laughs> this is such a, it's such a funny story. As a mother of five, I know exactly how the Ecuadorian embassy feel. It's, uh... <laughs> so this is about Julian Assange, it's right? Julian Assange, apparently they're going, like, he's been there, what, since 2003? Is that 2003? I think since Federation. Federation, I think. <laughs> oh, no, seven years, sorry, 2012 or something. But he, um, oh, I don't know, I can't do maths. I'm from Mullumbini. Six years. But he's been yeah. there for some time, but apparently he hasn't been um, cleaning the toilet um, or has he been looking after his 
like it's like instead of kitty legs, it's it's like what's it's kitty legs because he hasn't yeah. been doing the kitty litter. No, and no, yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. going to kick him out for not looking after his cat or probably really. I, I just can't he's like the most disgusting teenager. Can you yeah. imagine yeah. what's in that bathroom? I mean, you wouldn't even want to walk in that bathroom. It's going to be bits of a Julian Assange all over the floor, mm. bits of mm. hair in the plug yeah. hole. Julian Assange's furballs. <laughs> I know. So, look, every man leaks in a bathroom. But if, you, if, you're, if you're the man from WikiLeaks, <laughs> exactly. what do you expect? Exactly. And it's, yeah. Which reminds me of that old Australian poem: "No matter how yeah. you shake and dance, the last bit ends up in your pants." <laughs> but he's like that Sorry, guy I just wanted to lift the tone. <laughs> Leave. You know the guy, I'm only going to be here two weeks. It'll be two weeks, mm. Max. Yeah. <laughs> you go, mate, you bought your cat. Have <laughs> uh, you seen the photo of his cat looking out the window? Like, it's got a bow tie. Yeah, we a... have to have a free Julian Assange's cat campaign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. T-shirts. But, but the best thing is, as a mother trying to get the kids to leave yeah. home, they've, I mean, get this for a, a technique you could borrow yeah. from the Ecuador. Yeah, yeah. So the, he's got to look after the cat. He's got to wash his bath. Yeah. He's got, they've cut off his Wi-Fi. Mm. Oh, no, he'll be out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now you know he'll be claiming I can't look for another yeah. place because I've got no Wi-Fi. He won't care if he goes to jail now because at least he'll have Wi-Fi there uh, and probably a cat. And the thing is, right, get this, because they sent him the, the, the documentation in Spanish. Now he's claiming he can't read it because he doesn't read Spanish. Oh, and he's, he's been got... at the Ecuadorian embassy for yeah. six years. Yeah, he'd be able to find Google Translate. Exactly. And the Ecuador... He embassy... hasn't got Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that it's very small. Like the Ecuadorian embassy is actually just a tent. So right. it's very cosy, yeah. And when it rains, it wiki leaks. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I, I lost up. all respect for him finding about well, that. Well, Colin. Yeah, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> you, Colin. Uh, last Stop question you. from this week's news. Uh, who might extend oh. their reign after bringing a bit more rain? It's oh. got to be the Royals. It's got to be the Royals. It's got to be a play on words. And uh, isn't that remarkable? It just... Just hoping for clear weather, but also hoping for rain in Dubbo. Mm. And, they brought uh, rain to Dubbo, yeah. And, which is wonderful. Mm. And, uh, and not only that, um, I, did you see that plant? There was a plant in the crowd, not a, <laughs> like, not like, a green plant. I meant a, uh, someone who an was agent. Planted, an agent of monarchism, that young lad who, you know, did a little noogie on his hair, <laughs> pulled his beard, is it real? Oh, 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 it is. And, uh, and, so, and, and you know, monarchism's going through the roof. I know. Mm. It, yeah, it, it, it kind of surprises me because I think it's because you know how they said they'd never bring in a republic till Queen Elizabeth dies, they're waiting, and she's clearly not going. Um, she's going to be gone for another 200 years. So I think yeah. they've moved in yeah. the young yeah. family yeah. and everyone's just loving them to bits. I mean, I think we're just surprised they're nice. And, and that's all that's happened. They go, oh, but they're nice. Yeah. I reckon it's like a Stockholm syndrome, like where you kind of go, but they were nice to me. We'll stay in prison without the bars. It's yeah. fine. We don't need a republic now. We don't mind about the Terra Nullius things taking stuff and on the whole thing of the empire nostalgia. It's fine. You're nice. You went to yoga. <laughs> it's a bit like the... Um... It's a bit like, you know, when you're a kid and you, you say, well, play a game, oh, best of three, and then you lose two, and you go, no, make it best of five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it's but like, it's... make it, yeah, make it, well, when Queen Elizabeth dies, then we'll, actually, make it Charles. We'll make yeah. it, when Charles goes, now, now we're down If Charles was there in Dubbo, he would have been saying, when's this rain, rain. going to end? <laughs> And not meaning the stuff from the skies. Oh, right. It's so not to like them, though. I mean, they're even just doing the announcement that they're, you know, they're expecting a baby in Australia. It was a a strategic move, which is, I mean, 
even though it wasn't conceived here, it was announced here, which, as far as I'm concerned, makes it Australian. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> That's an Aussie baby. We should take ownership of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Prince Blimey or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Prince A. Yarn, are you doing all right, mate? Yeah. That's what we should. That's what it should become. Well, he's know? got some ba- small uggies. They've given him. Oh yeah, yeah, true. I mean, they've given him small uggies. Someone gave him uh, some. Who? Someone gave Megan some carrots today, which I thought was hilarious. Carrots. Yeah, and she's so nice. She said, oh, thank you so thank much. Thank you. Oh, carrots. It's like, you know, that's, we're having a go. That's called having a go. <laughs> yeah. We just wanted to see if you would go, oh, thank you so what's, much. Which yeah. is my husband's hair. Yeah. I was going to say that would be it. That's, that's, thank God someone did something Australian. I just, I'm, I'm so not into the whole rule thing, but you, you can't say that because people get upset. You they just look, said it on statewide yeah. radio. You're not in Mullumbimby now. Yeah, well, even oh. in Mullumbimby, they're into it. But I just, it's, you know, I don't know. Mm. I mean, he's doing, I have to admit, he's quite cute. He's not ageing in dog years like his brother, but. Uh, <laughs> 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 like, he was, yeah, like, you know, they're good, presentable people. Okay. <laughs> and that's what we like. They're yeah. nice, it's romantic, and we need a romance to hide us from the real stuff that's happening in the world, like the, the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ABC's new royal reporter, ladies and gentlemen, Manny Nolan. Uh, we have Manny Nolan, Gary Ekin, Colin Buchanan. Back in May, Rebecca de Unamuno was tackling the wheel of death when she noticed that, well, in the room still was the Irish musician Mary Coughlin and her spectacular guitarist Jimmy Smith. Every week when our audience comes in here and you're vo- most welcome to join them, all you have to do is Google ABC TGIF and you can find out how to join our live studio audience. The tickets are very well priced, aren't they? Excellent price. They're free. Um, Here's to these, uh, this week's topics as chosen by our audience. Royal Wedding, Eurovision, Moccasins, Elderly Politicians, Fog, Puffins, Opal, Hut, Millennial, PC, Barnaby, Cold, Context and Ivy, which fills you full of fear. Tommy Dean? We're chatting. Oh, sorry, oh, sorry it's Rebecca's doing Rebecca. it. It's Rebecca. Rebecca. I, I, my fault. <laughs> Rebecca, which fills you full of fear. All of them. Yes. <laughs> Always, every week. Panic. But I, I have a little bit of an idea um, as well. Seeing as, as Mary and, and yes. Jimmy were still here, like yes. I'd be happy to improvise a song with you if you're happy to do oh, okay, that. Okay, right. Me. So let's do that. So whatever we'll topic comes yeah, up, yeah, wow. Richard awesome. suggested Rebecca. it. He said you're going to have to sing it. You're going to have to sing it. Okay. Well, let's do it. This, we have to sing it. <laughs> no, she's going to sing, and you'll play guitar, and it'll all work out. No, you'll, you'll, you'll join in. You'll, it'll all anything be fine. Anything like a twelve bar blues, anything yeah. like that would be great. Yeah, Rebecca's yeah. just Don't trying to make it with me, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to be so regretful. <laughs> right, okay. Here we go, round and round and round it goes. Where it stops, no one knows. Rebecca, Mary and Jimmy I'm on, on the, the topic edge. of hut. 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 Great. Hut. Hut. Great. Hut. H-U-T, hut, like a small. Do you want a groove? Hut. Yeah, give you. Now listen, baby, I'll tell you something. I gave you something for free. Whoa. Yeah. What? Cause if you wanna be a weather woman like me, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. just gotta simply get down to my base and my roots. I tell you, baby, I'm a plant. I'm ready to sprout. Shoots, come on and sit down, baby. And huddle in my hut. My hut. Yeah. My hut. Yeah. 
I say my heart has a window with a window frame And if you touch me, baby, I might scream your name I cook me breakfast on the hot bench, will you please? Stop it, baby, don't add cheese I'm lactose intolerant <laughs> in my heart oh, I can't give it, don't make me shut heart. up Shut what? Cause I want you to be a roof over me a Shower me from the things that go wrong Cause in my heart, baby, you and I can get down and be dirty Yeah, that is, and that that is the third song off the Timber Tim, Tinder album that uh, Rebecca really Quite right. <laughs> we should do that album. Yeah, 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 yeah. great. That was great. I mean, you guys are on the same night, is that right? Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you guys different, should, different, different venues. Together. Different venues. Sadly, how good, how good would that be? We need Thank you. Venues. That was great. Pinch and Bolo mm. and uh, and the factory, the factory theater. Yeah. We're back with more of the best of TJF 2018. In May, Sydney had its beloved Vivid Festival. I was joined on the show by Greta Lee Jackson, Tommy Dean and Colin Buchanan to discuss all the reasons why this festival feels so quintessentially Sydney. Tonight marks the start of Vivid, the giant light display highlighting all that's good about our city. But shouldn't we follow it up with a different festival highlighting all that makes us angry about life in Sydney? We could call it Livid. Uh, What things would you highlight and how would you capture them in a display? Greta. Oh, Honestly, I'd like to see a festival about how Sydney can't do a festival. <laughs> so it's just cues. It's just cues. That's all it is. Well, we've done that. It's called Vivid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's basically all I like because we, we've just not had much luck with it lately. So that's what. I'm well, they say. So we, well, you know, they say they're a victim of their own success. Well, the festivals do. Vivid, yeah. Oh, Vivid, Vivid does, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, it was pretty crazy last year. I went on the last day and just couldn't get anywhere. Mm. Um, so that's what so I... You, but that's what's going to be great about Livid. Livid, mm. yeah. Is that actually trying to get there is its own installation. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to You're, all the... Yeah, everything's shut. Everything's yeah. shut by midnight, so you've got to go home. As soon as you get there, go home. You've got to book <laughs> tickets online, but the site crashes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're involved with it from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah The yeah. moment they announce it, you're yeah. living. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And the worse organised it is, the better. Yeah. Exactly. They you try to get a coffee while you're there, but suddenly Never. it's suddenly six dollars. Six dollars. Or the prepaid, the prepaid hamper you ordered, it's gone. Mm. It's not there as soon as you get. <laughs> and there. you say to the person, you say, "I'm livid," and they say, "Exactly, exactly. sir. Exactly. exactly. That's what we're mission accomplished." For. Colin Buchanan, what are you, what are you livid about? Um, Oh, well, I oh the guitars well, come out. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. Very yeah, good. Very observant of you, Richard. <laughs> uh, okay. I got talking to an old town planner sitting on his veranda. I asked him, how are you going to fix up Sydney's planning woes? He said, son, that's a real good question. I got one simple suggestion. Going to be a total transformation if they give my plan a go. 
knock the toaster down, knock the toaster down, give circular key back to you and me, knock the toaster down. I said, what about the new F6? West connects in the old spit bridge. We got a light rail fail getting units wall to wall. He said, well, it's sorted out in a minute. He sort of looked at me like Bruce Willis. Fix that one thing and you pretty much fix them all. We're gonna bring that toaster down. Ooh, bring that toaster down. Ooh, you circular key, that's a UND. Bring that toaster down. Then he played a scorching solo on his beaten Fender Strat. Then he grabbed his old harmonica and he started playing that. And he played it like this. <laughs> and Colin hands it to Richard Glover and goes... Well, let's do it last night of livid. We can let everybody know Alan Jones can light the fuse and we'll watch that sucker blow. <laughs> Take the toaster down, clap your hands now, fatten it to the ground. We'll see the botanical gardens from the MCA without a four slice breville sitting in the way. Give the key back to you and me and rip that toasted down Colin Buchanan Richard Glover 2018 was a big year for the Berejiklian government The Wharf Review joined Wendy Harmer, Tahir and Tommy Dean to give us their unique take on the Gladys government We have Wendy Harmer, Tommy Dean, Tahir and the Wharf Review ladies and gentlemen Cast the Wharf Review Rachel Beck is here with her glorious voice. So is Jonathan Biggins, Drew Forsyth and Douglas Hansel. I don't mean to imply that they don't have glorious voices too, because they do. But we're not yes. using them today. No, but no. No. luckily oh, Rachel now. is. But if now, you do come to the show, you will see the Queen in the gardens of Buckingham Palace. Yeah. Who, who gets to play the Queen? Oh, Drew. Yeah. How, how's that? You're it's the right age for it. No, blind. So, yes, I am the right age for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings me to a question, really. How do you divvy up? The roles, because I, I've got a feeling, actually, that Douglas has got all the tough ones. He's got, he's got Barnaby, haven't you? I've got Barnaby. Thankfully, I look a lot like him. So, <laughs> no, I don't. I hope I don't. Um, You've got Peter Dutton. Yeah. Peter Dutton's quite fun to do, though, actually. He's just everything's just sort of down there and, and very monotone. So, you know. <laughs> and you've got ScoMo. And I've got ScoMo, yeah. Gee, you've, you've really lucked out, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. The trifecta. Yeah, boring well, old white men. I've got Donald Trump and Tony Abbott. What are you complaining about? <laughs> How do you choose who gets which one? Well, well, he, he kind of looks like Scamo. A bit. Oh, oh! And he sounds oh, like him. Yeah. And, and he did ha, it Hasn't before. the ABC got enough defamation actions against him? <laughs> <No, no, no. laughs> yeah. He did it about four years ago. Yeah, I did, I did so. it. This, but this time, some Scamo's singing about his... Nightmares. Yeah. And so how do you do it? Like, so let's take ScoMo for an example. Do you, do you watch the telly? What do you do? Oh, well, no, you sort of... Um, the, the one that I did was I, I, I looked at the, uh, the, the speech he made with uh, Joshy uh, <laughs> as the next generation of Liberal leadership. What Josh and I are here to tell you is that we're on your side. <laughs> and, that was, and that was basically where I started from. 
Uh, everything's. I've noticed it with conservative men. I don't know what it is, but Kevin Andrews, um, Scott, Muslin, they all talk out of the side of their, the left side of their mouth. I don't know what. Like Kevin Andrews does it as well. He sort of, and it looks really. But they, they all do it. I don't know if they're kind of like trying to. This, the, the, that's why the truth slips yeah. out or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> Erica Betzer doesn't talk out of the side of his mouth. He talks out of his. Oh no, wait. <laughs> Jonathan Biggins, you're still, uh, you're, uh, all the audiences are already saying, still the Keating is your masterpiece. Well, yes, no, Paul, Paul does make an appearance. Um, he didn't actually initially, but uh, Drew had to pull out after about four shows and he was doing Pauline Hanson mm-hmm. uh, and so we had to drop that monologue so I thought, oh, we better get something to replace it. So I wrote a quick uh, Paul reflecting on the sort of state of leadership in the country and the fact that, you know, many people have been born in this country who have never actually seen a leader. Um, <laughs> so, you know, Paul just pops in to remind them of what one looks like. <laughs> What's the crucial thing of getting Paul right? Uh, well, as he, as he gets older, the, the, the funny thing about um, Keating is if, if you are in a room with him, it's now almost impossible to hear him. <laughs> so you can't really do that. And, and also, if you spoke at that pace, we'd still be there <laughs> now. So you've got to, you know, kind of pick it up a bit. But, uh, no, it's just the language. Mm. Um, and it, it, it's such a fun character to write for because he can say anything and he gets away with it. And uh, a friend of mine brought his 90-year-old mother to the show in Canberra and she said, I've never liked Paul Keating until today. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that kind of... That sums it up because... Th- th- even when we're in the, in the heartland of, of uh, you know, Warringua with uh, Tony Abbott's electorate, the people there were going, oh, yeah, please, come back. Anyone. <laughs> come back. Anyone who can last longer than three years and actually has a vision and is prepared to do something that is not necessarily popular. But they had the advantage. They, they were in government before the internet. They were in government yeah. before Twitter. Yeah. Uh, and that's why they're able to do things that um, stretch no, beyond no, Friday. No 24-hour news cycle. Exactly. Well, did you have a, talking about recent things, did you have an argument about who gets to do Trump? You, you won, I noticed. I, I did get to do Trump, um, and that's a, a mixed blessing. Uh, I, I, you know, you think, oh, why give him the oxygen? Uh, I think he is one of those people, if you ignore him, he will go away. But the, the amount of press he gets is out of all proportion to his importance, really. Um, but he's... He's fun to do and, you know, it's basically just... I just watched, I think it was um, Jimmy Fallon. He just came out and said, Donald Trump. That's it. That's all you have to do. So Donald is on a quest to become a leader for life. So he meets Silvio Berlusconi, gives him a few tips. Um, But if you you look at the list of characters that somebody has to do, it's Rachel that's got the impressive list. She starts out with Malcolm Turnbull. She goes to Gladys Berejiklian. She's got Stormy Daniels. She's got Melania. She's got Michaelia Cass. Sarah Sarah Hanson Young, Theresa May, May, and she does a plastic role. I'm the lucky, the lucky girl in the show. (laughs) Well, Gladys Berejiklian does a tap dance about infrastructure. She certainly does with a stop sign, yeah, and a high vis vest on. That's got to be worth it. I didn't bring my tap shoes today, unfortunately. (laughs) That's the price of admission right there. What's which was the hardest to do? Which was the easiest? Oh, gee, that's that's a really difficult question. I think Malcolm perhaps was the hardest because I am the the principal boy who's played traditionally by a young girl and so I have to 
Because it's a kind of embody, Cinderella version of it. It's the, a Cinderella version of it, but I still have to really um, have an impression of, of Malcolm. So she, she dances and she, you know, puts up with Peter Dutton. But, um, Prince Charmless. Uh, Prince Charmless, <laughs> yes, he's Prince Charmless. And the fairy godfather, Christopher Pine. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, that's true. And the wicked stepmother, Tony Abbott. Yeah, that's really, yeah, and, it's uh, fun. Yeah, Erica Betsy and... Um, <laughs> Kevin Julie Andrews. Kavina Julie Andrews, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, you people have had too much fun doing this. Well, no, you're gonna, great. You're going to sing for us. What are you going to sing? I'm going to sing a song entitled Infrastructure that Gladys comes on and sings with her, uh, her stop sign. Uh, so uh, let's give it a go. Those mockers who complain that all of our roads are chockers. Let me tell you, they are the loudest knockers of the plans that I'm pushing through my manifesto. We're spending massive amounts, which we will keep amending. And the date of completion may be depending on a Spanish contractor who thinks they can go slow. West Connects is here to stay. You pay your toll, you're on your way. Infrastructure, no debating it, I'm creating it now. I'll build a light rail to Kensington, adding one foot every day. I'm building freeways that cost a ton, not strictly free, you'll have to pay. It's up to me, cause Mike Bed signed off on them. Should be the one you condemn But I'll build a metro to Castle Hill And a northwest motorway Oh, I put the ads on the Opera House At 2GB's request Some say I cave like a timid mouse But we need votes in the West and Clover Moore can whinge as much as she likes. Sure, she filled the city with bikes. But I'm bringing gladness to everyone in my hard hat and my vest. Oh, I'm gonna rebuild old Sydney town. Just you watch those scaffolds rise. I'll let developers knock it down. And I won't apologize. Run out of room. The place is covered in dust Boom! And half the shops have gone bust If I don't build a light rail to Kensington It might be my demise Stop! Rachel Beck, ladies and gentlemen, Rachel Beck Please also thank Jonathan Biggins, Drew Forsyth and Douglas Hansel on the Walk Review. Uh, now, the Queensland town of Chinchilla, known as the melon capital of Australia, has become home to the latest big thing. It's a four-tonne, nine-metre-long watermelon. 
So far, most of the big things are either animals or, or things you eat, like watermelon. How could we broaden the big thing tradition, in particular suburbs and towns? Wendy, I would like to um, perhaps take a slightly different tack here. <laughs> I'm not even going to acknowledge this watermelon in chinchilla as a big thing. I don't think it qualifies. <laughs> I don't think it's a big thing unless you can go up to the first floor for an all-you-can-eat menu in a revolving restaurant and see out the eyes. <laughs> that is my opinion right there. Now, so the watermelon's given you the pips, has it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's another dad joke. Come on. <laughs> but look, the thing about the watermelon is it's all watermelons are already big, right? If you're going to make a big watermelon, it's got to be really big, like as big as maybe, you know, the Death Star. That is a big watermelon. About 120k around and there'd be a little train that takes you to the gift shop. See, this chinchilla thing doesn't even have a gift shop. And you would go into the gift shop and you would buy blow-up watermelon and balloon watermelon and watermelon jam and face cream and watermelon hats and little spoons and swim rings and packs of cards. That, my friends, is a big thing. And I am sick of people getting on this big thing bandwagon when it's only a slightly larger thing. (laughs) (laughs) Really. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good point. Have you worked out the the, the scale? The scale? (laughs) So nine metres is not enough. Nine, nine no, you know what I mean? Like, like a one to twelve. Just one hundred and twenty k's around. I don't know how what the scale. <laughs> the scale is, but of the, that's the big. one because I was always dis- uh, disappointed with the big banana. It, it felt yeah. like the big banana was very much a slightly larger. Yeah, I think so, slightly it, larger. It, it, it does look bigger if you're six. Mm. It's the only thing I point out about the big banana. <laughs> but didn't True. the giant? And if they put it down <laughs> next to that Dutch town that's tiny, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, it. that's and the where the big where banana should be. It's over teeny tiny Dutch town. But didn't the Graham and Goulburn? Couldn't you actually go up inside and there and look? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you you go up the bottom in yeah. Gore. Oh, you, you do. <laughs> you do. Yeah, well, see, that's a big thing. <laughs> and you've got to push the dags to one side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and you can buy things on the way. I, um... <laughs> I think it's very Australian. Look, I like this. If it helps more country towns get some publicity and tourism, why not? Mm. But I think we should extend this. Uh, I, I agree with the point. I, I think those chinchillas should be on board with those ideas. They're brilliant ideas. Oh, thank I, you I very would much. actually go thank there. You, thank you. But we should extend this to the suburbs. Mm. Uh, for example, Bankstown, of course, you'd have the big kebab. <laughs> like, why not? Fantastic. Uh, Blacktown. The so the big, big kebab, does it, does it, because Wendy wanted to say that it's spun. Yeah, yeah, it's, We've it's, got to be able to go yeah, up to uh, the first floor, really. Absolutely. Like, it's massive, it spins, and all the uh, the garlic sauce comes over the side. Yeah. Um, and the kids can play around on that. No, you should actually um, put the whole, you know, the, the meat wheel, though. Not, the, not, yeah, a, yeah. not a complete yeah. kebab sandwich. Like, so just the, the giant wheel of meat. Like, an actual <laughs> big kebab, like the... What's the thing called? The meat thing. It's the tower of meat. The, the meat thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the, the meat. Spit. What do you think? I'm Turkish. I know what the, the thing's called. <laughs> but that, I mean, like that would be awesome. It yeah. would be like that big, and then like somebody uh, and rotating, have to rotating, go up rotating just That's what I said. It has to revolve. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a rule. And, 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 and then you have giant knives to cut off. Yeah. the... Uh, yeah. Plus a giant guy with a moustache, authentic experience, who has not washed his hands. Chicken beef for lamb. The whole. The whole authentic That's where the flavour comes from, by the yeah. way. <laughs> but people don't know, it's the hand. I would, I would have Eastern Suburbs a big bag of cash. I'd love to see that. The, the Northern Beach is a big superior attitude. Oh. <laughs> and I'm not sure you put that in the figure, maybe a, a t- statue of Tony Abbott, I'm not sure. Um, Penrith, the big bong, just ideas, just ideas. Um, Mount Druid, the big centre link. Um, hang on, that one already exists. <laughs> 
Oh, edgy. Hashtag edgy. <laughs> with, a, with a big Tony Abbott, do you get to see out, so out of, through his eyes? See the world through his yeah, eyes? That could be, be awesome. really No, freaky. his ears in this particular case. From his ears, you can see forever. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, They're slippy dips. That's a slippy dip. That's yeah, a perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Up and down. Yeah, like, up like, and down. That's, that's like a water slide. Brilliant. Yeah. I think they should get them together, too, though. If you had big things working together, like if somebody had, like, the big vodka bottle. And then that could eventually visit Chinchilla and then be put into the big watermelon and you know, sort of infuse it. Yeah. Or, 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 like, bring all the fruits together and have the big fruit salad. That's <laughs> the big banana and the big watermelon and the big peach. They could all come together. The big cherry. Yeah, yeah, we, and the big budgie smugglers. Yeah. We well, really don't with... want to go in the... Bu- no, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Going to go there. And then the big bouncer to cope with the big vodka bottle and its results. I kept wanting to say the big bogan, but I couldn't pick a suburb to assign it to. No, it already exists. What? The big bogan exists, doesn't it? I'm sure it does. Sweet Jesus, I've already nailed it. (laughs) Someone's got it already. It's in the Shire of Bogan, true story. And the city should have the big padlock. I mean, that'd be for good. the lockout laws. Yeah, for the lockout laws. A big padlock on top. <laughs> and everyone could go into it and not hear music. <laughs> Back in May, Tom Gleason, Mandy Nolan and Tommy Dean joined me on TJF and reminisced about the most vital parts of their school education. Now, the State Minister for Education this week announced that the school curriculum is too crowded uh, so they're reviewing all that's taught in New South Wales schools with a view to throwing some things out, narrowing it down. What were you taught at school that, in retrospect, you could have lived without? Mandy Nolan. Oh, uh, tunnel ball. <laughs> Do you remember tunnel ball? At no point in my life have I thought, quick, I need to roll a very hard thing. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> on the ground. I know I didn't mean to go there. But, you know, there's a weird sport. It doesn't, you know, you don't take it. There's not a Commonwealth Games tunnel ball. No. It is, it is just, it was just meant for, like, it's going to do your back end, isn't yeah. it? Like, you're going to, it's like preparing you later in life for a weak yeah. lower back. So tunnel ball. Um, they did spend a lot of time doing tunnel <laughs> yeah. ball, didn't they? Hates. Yeah, it's not like you ever get together with your friends and say, quick, get in the line, let's pack the car between our legs backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Throw the bags between your legs, hurry up. Go, 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 the fastest, run to the top, throw it back down. Uh, I guess um, I the thing about rocks, you know, the different thing you've learned about the rocks, was it? I can still remember it, sedimentary, igneous and metamorphic. I've yeah. never, no one's asked. Uh, I, just, I just have to volunteer that when I'm drunk at a dinner yeah. party so people think I'm smart, so it sort of is useful. Um, but it's neat now because with Hawaii going crazy, you've oh, got yeah. time to get it out. Yeah, it's get it, yeah I'm really throwing out the igneous. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and I guess sine, cos and tan, which now sound like, you know, the triplets of someone, you know, mm. sort of doing yoga on Instagram. Yeah. Instagram, um, with her beautiful children, Thine Cosentan. Yeah, don't get me started about co-sex and cot. They're probably my things. I don't know. I'm, I was never good at math. What, 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 what are our cos signer? Does anyone know? Uh, they're ratios. Thanks. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Learned something. Tom just knew that. Like, he knew it. Well, what did you learn at school, Tom? That you, you, you could live without. Well, one, one useless thing I did was computer science because when I did computer science, it was the 80s. Um, that's when I was in high school. And we learnt at great length how to program this program called Turtle. And if anyone was at school at that time, they might remember Turtle involved... Uh, you wrote a really long program and at the end of it, on this screen that was only green, you could draw a triangle. <laughs> That's all you ever learned. <laughs> Has that come in useful to you in the years since? 
Well, it, it, no, I don't even need to know how to program. I just open up my computer and I just click on things and there's emails and attachments and I don't have to worry about any of that. I, I haven't had to draw it. I could actually draw a triangle right now on my iPhone, but I just press a button and just draw it on there with my finger. You could even draw it with a pen and paper probably. I, I could draw it with the texture on my iPhone <laughs> if I wanted to. I can make it with my fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, what did you learn at school that you could... Uh, well, you know, I would have... Uh, I was always just about to say I never really paid much attention in uh, English literature, but that Dickens thing really came in handy. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. So... That was very literary. I was very yeah. impressed. Actually. Surprised yeah. that I remembered his name and Mary Poppins. Because, you know, Sarah Blasco had already quoted Dickens. Yeah. She said the best of times, the worst of times. So it's been a Dickens oh, frenzy oh, what here. probably brought it out in me. It's <laughs> <laughs> a refreshed memory. And we had Mary Poppins on the show when that show was in town last year, so... That stays in my mind as well. Uh, so much of it. Yeah. Uh, probably Ma- Ma- not Mary, a lot. You know Charles Dickens didn't write Mary Poppins? No, no, but England. Oh, England. Okay. <laughs> I think that's the Cole connection. Yeah, and Cole. And, and I grew up, I went to Dick Van Dyke show a lot. He was in Mary Poppins. Uh, yeah. Very English. It, it, yeah. <laughs> such Tangent. a marvellous uh, like, English accent like he, Dick Van Dyke managed in that film. <laughs> typing, typing is probably the one thing. I took a typing course and then they, they don't use typewriters anymore. I, I think typing's amazing. It's the only thing I use. Like, you know, ASDF, semicolon, LKJ, the quick angry fox. Not the angry fox, the quick red fox, the quick mm-hmm. fast fox or something. The lazy brown fox. Yeah, yeah, the lazy whatever fox it was. And I can, do, I, can, I can write now and look around the room like this. It's really creepy. Like, That's you look cute. around. Okay, but you can do that on, uh, on a computer, obviously, but what about all that other stuff? The on the typewriter. Tyler, like typewriter. Learning how to change the ribbon, no, learning change, how to exactly. do, that, oh. the, you know, the, do the carriage return. Oh, mm. the carriage return. carriage return was what it was all about. Do you and remember that the eraser, The eraser one, the correct. Tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got that in there? And you'd put your coffee cup right next to the typewriter every time you did that. Yeah. Coffee oh, cup with it. It was such a satisfying feeling, though, that heavy return. Next sentence. Yeah. Can, you, can you touch type now? No, because it was, I was always, to me, the fascination was what letters would create the biggest mess in the middle? Like, which ones would make the bars stick together? Uh, what combination of letters oh, would just jam it right in the middle? Yeah. So oh, you yeah. try to use what it was P, well, P- no, S no, and... because the, the typing teacher was, um, and this is you know inappropriate in today's day and age, but she was quite attractive. Um, <laughs> so to have her come over and unjam my oh, machines. No. <laughs> there you go, ladies and gentlemen. TJS Me Too moment finally arrived. <laughs> the goal of my junior year. Wonder what this would do. Uh. <laughs> Miss Johnson, it's uh. happened again. Uh. Like Tommy Dean, Tom. Thanks for being part of Thank God It's Friday. TGIF will be back on your radio with our New Year's Eve special on ABC Radio nationally and internationally on Radio Australia. Until then, I'm Richard Glover, and thank God it's Friday!